Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Uh, coming up this week, we'll look back at Saturday's Malaya Cup as Jordan Kelly's mostly youthful side produced a good showing at Blanche Pierre Lane. I say mostly youthful because we're also joined by a man who added plenty of experience to that squad. Ryan Zico Black, fresh from his first appearance for GFC in a few years, tells us about returning to the island fold at the age of 42 and what he's learned from his time in the game. Um, that's to come uh, with me, Tony Kerr and James Faller. Hi, Tony. Good to see you, Jim. Um, you were down at Blanche Pierre Lane or up at Blanche Pierre Lane, whichever way you're looking at, uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, as I say, a good result. 3-0 win um, for the uh, Guernsey rep side, um, coached by Jordan Kelly against the Fleet Air Arm Command. Um, yeah, what, what did you make of what you saw? Um, I think, to be honest, it was fairly routine victory. Uh, Guernsey dominated possession and territory for you know almost the whole of the game. But it's so so on the day, you know, deserved and and pretty routine. I think my biggest takeaway from it was we ought to do this a bit more often. You know, for Guernsey's young players to get exposure to different kind of challenge, you know, much different challenge than you get in the pre-O. I mean, the the uh, the Fleet Air Arm team had two centre backs, both over six foot. Uh, you know, they're going to give. You know, you don't really get many defenders like that in uh, in pre-O football nowadays. You know, they're going to give people a test. Had a you know hard running, aggressive midfield. You know, a few dark arts in there as as well. You know, this is all good, all good learning stuff and to have this kind of opportunity for a, for a game you know I know there's a, there's a cup on it but arguably it's a it's a friendly but you know if, it, if there's more chance of doing more of those kind of games particularly I don't know if we have to enter cup competitions or something but to have that kind of uh, exposure would be really valuable to those players and I th- it just made me think you can do this you know like once a month or something then you're going to bring 20, 25 guys over the course of a season get some different kind of exposure, arguably see if they're ready for yeah, for a step up wherever wherever that step might take them. But I think, it, yeah. so from that basis, very positive and can we do it again soon? Yeah, really good to hear. Well, let's uh, find out what Jordan Kelly made of it. You caught up with him at full time. So, Jordy, uh, 3-0 win. Pleased with that? Very pleased, very pleased. I was pleased to, for everyone involved to kind of, again, another win in the Guernsey shirt for them and for some of them it's their first time winning a game for Guernsey so but a positive result trophy in the bag and so those players get those experience in that kind of fashion against a tough opposition by the way the score doesn't kind of reflect Chris Mason very good save to keep us in it and say a really positive day today. Yeah what did you make of the game? I, mean, I think Guernsey were the, were the better side throughout yeah, yeah. yeah the first 15 was very very cagey players getting used to each other and then we start settling into the game they stop they kind of sat off, sat off a little bit and then we kind of, yeah, I think we start to gain control probably from half an hour onwards. Obviously, they still had their spells, but yeah, I think we were quite controlled. But they still, they still had a few chances. Well, I mean, arguably, first half, you dominate the game, but they have the better chance. Yeah, yeah, like I said. And we haven't had a shot on target until until the goal. No, I mean, in the team, it was all about getting shots off and being positive and ruthless. And we did that, but they still ended up having the better chances. And thankfully, that Chris kept us in the game and allowed us to then from when Keane got his free kick and he took it very well to then we really build upon that. Do you see today the difference between the guys who are playing at GFC level and the guys who are playing at a pre level against a, you know, if not a GFC standard team, a step up in opposition? Yeah, I think I think you can see it within certain individuals in the group who look like someone like Seb Vance, even in the last year, who's been playing regularly with us at GFC and Brandon, Owen, Keane, even Chris again, who's had the exposure to that level. 
can start to see the difference in, in the way they play the game understanding and obviously for the younger ones playing in and around those experienced players including Zico in there I think it's real beneficial for them and Zico did the job you wanted him to do yeah yeah his yeah I wanted to like he's a real leader for us he's he's stuck to be able to coach him he's always voiced me out there as well it's just not nice for the younger players to play with such, with such a beginning legend if you want to put it and pass on his experience yeah just racy thing Really, we ought to try and get more of these type of games at this kind of level if we want to win more 16, 18, 21 Marathis. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I just had the same one. Lico just said the exact same. He goes, that was amazing. Having that experience playing in and going to the shirt again and finding value for the shirt. I think if we can get more games like this, we've had the 16, 18s, 20 young, even the seniors to a certain degree. I'm a different opposition that we don't, we don't have a clue. Very physical sides, different background. I think it could only be beneficial for the island. Geordie Kelly speaking to you there. Um, yeah, I guess th- this is a fixture that's been kind of on the calendar, hasn't it, for, for many years. Um, I, suppose, I suppose it's about yeah, finding where these other opportunities are if you want to yeah, create more of these kind of um, these occasions in the, in the calendar. Um, interesting today that uh, we've seen a couple of adverts go out from the Guernsey Football Association. Firstly, for an under-21 rep men's manager and uh, even more high profile, the senior men's rep manager. So uh, yeah, a new Marathi coach uh, is being sought. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll keep my uh, my application under wraps for the time being. Um, but look, this is uh, this is very good move from the GFA on an, on a number of points. Uh, and I know that yeah, they were heavily criticised um, last season for. You know, delay or not announcing the the the, uh, the GFA manager until just before the Marathi, but it was it was understandable that you know with with Ireland games coming up so quickly around the corner that you wanted to have somebody who'd been there and done that in the Ireland games put a squad together and delivered over a week's tournament. So uh, and therefore the Marathi manager had to be the same guy, and so to 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 ask Tony Vance to go at the well once again to do it. Absolutely, the right move. Even though, obviously, in the Ireland games, it didn't work out at all. Uh, however, you know, now it's a new broom sweeps clean, right? And it has to be. And I think that's for all parties to benefit from. You know, the G- uh, GFA football has been run more or less permanently by GFC coaching management setup uh, for the past. 10 15 years um we've got to move on it's not saying that any, anybody's bad past their sell by date and nothing like that at all however you know the next generation of coaches needs needs to come through you can't keep um you know, diving into the the well of goodwill that um you know, that uh, tony vance colin Fallais, and steve sharman have uh, have had available to, to guernsey football over that time um you know there are people in guernsey football taking quite high level badges nowadays that are being put on by the FA we ought to be you know looking at these people and saying look what can you do for Guernsey football potentially what can we do for you you know bringing people into the mix as assistants or part of a part of an age group um, management structure yeah does this work for you do you like what you do are you able to put cones down and give bibs out um in a way that that works with with this group and then could you potentially step up so i mean i have no idea who will uh will want these jobs but i think to go out there and see what's around is exactly the right move and yeah it might be that that the changeover is going to be gradual uh but yeah that, that's that's not such a bad thing i mean the last thing we wanted is really to to just lose all that senior coaching expertise in one go 
and and rip it up and start again. I don't think that would be particularly helpful either. So I think this is a good move, and I look forward to seeing the results of it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you know the fact that um, in the last couple of years, um, you know, when when there's been chat about the Marathi job and the Island Games job and who's going to do it, you know, and, and obviously it, you know eventually it fell back into to Tony's lap. Um, you know, there's a lot. You see a lot of comments online. People saying, "Oh, you know, isn't there anyone else you can do it?" Well, there's an opportunity here. So you know, a public application process, effectively, where um, you know it'll be interesting to see who is kind of flushed out and who is, who is tempted to put their hat in the ring. Uh, the reality, I, you know, again, I fully understand why the Guernsey rep side has tended to be you know a hundred percent or ninety odd percent GFC uh, over the years. Again, you know, that is understandable when you've got a, a coaching group. What what can you do in the in the gap between the end of the uh, GFC season and, and the Marathi? You've got about two weeks. There's not much uh, opportunity to, to do any more with players. However. If we could you know, bring in these new coaches alongside a better um, structure for representative football, you know, be that mixed age groups, 21s, 18s, um, GF, uh, sort of GFLM, uh, Prio League 11s, all this kind of extra rep games, if you like, if, if the opportunities can be uh, can come about. And of course, that's not easy because it's not cheap. But you know, the more that w- that we can do those kind of things, I think the better for Guernsey football. Well, you've got for the senior job two weeks to get your application in. That closes on the 9th of October. Um, for the under-21 job, just a week. Um, so, uh, yeah, until yeah, next Monday. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyone who's uh, yeah, fancies getting involved in that. Do you think there's any coincidence that they saw the OE's results from last weekend <laughs> and suddenly thought there might be some talent out there, Tony? Yeah, two wins out two. Um, I think the only person to match that in a, in, in a rep context in, in the last sort of or in living memory probably is Kevin Graham, um, as we were talking about before, two team ratty wins and off he went to Spain. So uh, yeah, um, maybe I'll uh, get involved. We'll see. Uh, right, well let's leave it there for part one. Coming up next, we'll um, talk to well maybe someone who will be interested, uh, whether now or down the line, um, Ryan Tico Black, and someone who was involved uh, in that Malaya Cup result on Saturday. Welcome back. Um, now, as I said at the top, um, we've been joined in the pod studio a little earlier on um, by a man who brought uh, a fair bit of extra experience to that uh, Malaya Cup lineup on Saturday. Um, Ryan Zico Black um, appearing in that midfield in a, in a rep shirt for the first time in a while. Um, he's just made his comeback for Guernsey FC as well. Um, just his uh, well third appearance, I think, since December 2018. It's certainly been um, a fair number of years since he was a regular in that setup. But uh, yeah, came back um, for the game against Bad Shot and by all accounts uh, wants to get many more appearances under his belt this season. Um, yeah, Jim, uh, obviously Zico, someone who's given an awful lot to Guernsey football on the pitch um, down the years and, of course, uh, away from the island as well. Yeah, uh, always been a great player. I remember seeing him, I think, in a Jackson game when he was playing at St. Martins. This is maybe going back, you know, well, certainly 12 years ago for sure, pre-GFC days, I think. Uh, and what you know, Zico's really good at doing, or certainly was in those days. I'm sure nothing has, has really changed. Making other players look good, you know. He's basically there. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. You know, if you if you can pass it 10, 15 yards to his feet, and he gives it back to you, you'll be in a better position, and, and he'll have made you look better, or he'll move it. Around. You know, just keeps things 
largely very simple uh, and, and works well. Sprayed a few uh, nice passes around on Saturday. It's nice to see him, um, you know, playing at that level. He's, you know, quality player doesn't lose it. And I think what um, what he's shown th- this season with his efforts to really get fit, you know, lose weight, um, you know, try to, you know, get back to being a contender is, you know, age is just a number. You know, Dave Meris's guide have shown that a little bit. If your physical condition is right, we know his football brain is still is still active. And actually, you know, if you get your physical condition right, you take four, five, six years off your age and then suddenly you're just a, a competitor like everybody else. And I think that's what he's trying to prove and good luck to him. Lesson for some of us there. Exactly. We all need a bit of that. <laughs> um, as I say, yeah, he played away, didn't he, in, um, in the non-league game um, uh, in England, in the north of England for a few years, um, probably mixing in the same circles as Dave Merris there. Yeah, I'm sure he did. So as I say, he came into uh, to us uh, down at, here at the Guernsey Press to, to chat about the weekend, to chat about his comeback into the Island Fold. Also asked him about um, the game he was involved in in Brazil um, in a sort of Zico um, sort of exhibition match, um, which was uh, no doubt an extraordinary experience. Um, so yeah, we, we talked to, about all of that, but started by asking him about Saturday's Malaya Cup. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was quite surprised to get called into it, um, but pleasantly surprised. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Really good to play with that with that team with a bunch of lads it's always an honour to play for Guernsey at any level um, in any game Um, so I was very privileged to be and captain as well Um, so yeah I loved it yeah, obviously quite a youthful side in some regards. You were there adding the, the real experience. And what, what did you make of the of, of the group and how they kind of measured up to that that test, I guess? I was really impressed, really impressed with the group. Um, there's some good, really good players coming through that, that age group. Um, played really good football, I thought. Um, knocked it from, you know, left to right and we, we passed. It was a passing game we tried to play. Um, but they held up with the physicalities as well. You know, they weren't, they're not soft. They're not soft lads. Um, they're tough. And uh, they showed that as well. Took the knocks. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed. Perhaps biggest moment of the game from your point of view, Zico. 44 minutes as a free kick, 21 yards out, dead centre. And you didn't take it. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, um, well, that's probably down to age, I think. A, bit, a little bit less selfish than what I was maybe uh, a few years ago. And uh, I backed Keane. You know, I've, I've seen him in... Uh, training with Gunzi I and his left foot is is sweet when he connects with the ball and I really believed he was going to score um, so I thought give him give him that uh, and then beyond that I mean the game kind of went as as, uh, as you would expect you know they were a, a reasonable team but arguably not a match uh, you know not a match for you in terms of result no um, they were they were a steady team you know they played together quite regularly big strong uh, quite well organised but I think they couldn't really live with the sort of pace and skill of, of of our team and that showed in the end. Although it did take quite a bit to break them down. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you say about the passing football that Guernsey played, it seemed to me that there was a lot of, what is the new style Guernsey football, you know, a lot of movement off the ball, a lot of good good passing. But really, the 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 goal of 44 minutes was our first real shot at goal you know first thing that the keeper had, had to do that must be a little bit frustrating you know that surely you would want us to be making more goal chances I guess yeah there is that um I guess we kind of got it out in white wide areas really well and got into sort of crossing and and passing lanes to create a shot on goal uh but I think the, the end product 
is is focusing on that. You know, you can get into those positions, but you know, if you're crossing a ball and it's going over the, you know, out for a goal kick, then that's no good either. Um, so the the build up play is there. Um, it would just be, if anything, reflecting on on that game be like final product. Yeah, and you said you were perhaps surprised to to be selected for for the occasion. Um, just. Uh, Talk us through your, your comeback, really, because, um, yeah, as I say, you appeared for GFC um, uh, a couple of weeks ago in this setup as well. You've been, you've been playing for Bells, but, but what's been the motivation to kind of get back involved at the sort of top level of, of local football? Yeah, I guess the motivation has been um, the Island Games was quite inspiring. To be fair, I know the football didn't go well, um, but I also commentated on the Marathi game as well. Um, so watching those games and thinking, oh, could I have I still got it um am I still able to do that um I guess I've got myself fitter in a in a good good shape um I believe I still can so I guess whilst I still believe I can then I wanted to give it a go and that's really been my motivation I, I love playing for Guernsey I loved every minute of it loved every minute of playing for Guernsey FC um so whilst I still can you know I've never been one to live with any regrets um in terms of you know my playing so i've always kind of been one to try and play at the best level that i can um and this is the best level i can play at so unless i feel any different then i want to give give it a good shot and be fully committed this season and and see what happens so what is your focus this year i mean is it um play as much as you can or focus on GFC or Marathi side? I mean, what are you, what are you looking for out of your season? Yeah, well, I'm not... Uh, obviously, I've played and done what I've done. Um, so every, everything now is a bonus. Um, but I guess for me, it's just one step at a time, really. I thought I tested myself to get back into the Guernsey FC group um, this season. I worked hard with Bells pre-season and I was kind of up there in all the running. Um, so that was like a test... Uh, and I've done well with that. Um, so it would just be to try and stay in the squad as much as I can. And then once I get an opportunity, try and stay in the team and, and then see what happens in terms of later on in, in the season. If I play well and I'm producing, then I'm sure I'll be with a chance of whatever happens. And how much has it been for you kind of looking on at some of your peers, um, the likes of Dave Merris, who's a similar age to you? How has that kind of opened your eyes to what's possible and, and kind of yeah, given you that bug back? Yeah, definitely. Watching uh, Dave Maris, Dave Rioi, you know, Doddy and a few of the others um, still doing it. Um, it is. It does give you that inspiration to, to carry on. Um, I wouldn't want to make a fool out of myself either. So if I didn't think that I could do it, then I, I wouldn't. But, um, you know, Dave Maris, for example, he, he looks after himself really well. He's a good pro. You know, he's had a good career and uh, he's, he's still doing, you know, well for the team. So, um We've got young lads coming through, but we've got kind of like a lot of young lads and and then a few older ones. So it's not as much in between kind of age Yeah, there range. is a big gap, isn't there, between your kind of your Jack Griffins yeah. <laughs> and, and then you guys at the right at the yeah. top end. There is there is a big gap, but it's a really good um atmosphere in that in that squad. And it it is it is inspiring seeing young players come through as well and um young players that wanna get better. They wanna learn, they wanna they you know, they listen, they want some advice, they you can tell that they're watching uh, all the time. So that that's a good environment to be involved in and be part of. 
Yeah, I think Tony said it was sort of one of the best atmospheres he's he's had in a in a group for quite a while. Um, that must be really encouraging, even though you know at that sort of Guernsey FC level, even though the results haven't quite gone our way um, at the start of the season, but the, there is that really good um, that kind of camaraderie and that team spirit there to work with. Yeah, there is absolutely, and I think the results will come as well. And I think once once they do come, I think we'll see you know see the benefits of that. Um, but it is a group, good group, um, and it is a group that wants to kick on. Um, and that, you know, a lot of them could be there potentially many years to come. So, um, you know, it's, I guess it's nice to be part of that, that transition and do your bit, you know, to, to achieve that. Can I just take you back right to the start of your career? If GFC had been around when you left Guernsey and went into non-league, would, would you have been satisfied to play for GFC or would you have still wanted to go to the highest level that, 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 you, that you did? I'd have still wanted to go to the highest level I could have played at. Yeah. And when you look back at what you had a decade plus uh, playing, you know, just under the the football league um, level, you know, when you look back at that, how do you consider, you know, what you achieved in that time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think achieved good. I'm I've probably always been a bit harsh on myself in terms of, you know, could I have done this and could I have done that? Could I have done more? Um, I guess that's the nature of being a footballer especially when you've, you were doing it as full time you kind of never really rest on your laurels you're always thinking right the next game could I do better could I do more uh, but you know I, I played at a good level played at you know the National League Conference uh, whatever it's called now um, and I w- wasn't far off playing league and played against you know a lot of good teams a lot of Premier League teams um, internationally and what have you so I, I mixed it with the big boys, although I didn't reach the, the top, um, but I definitely mixed it and was in around it. So, you know, that's a great experience that I'll always, always have and great memories. Is there a favourite memory from that period? Um, I loved, because when I was at Morecambe in the academy, um, I guess that was a brilliant time because we were a team of rejects, essentially. We'd all been released by pro clubs. Um, and then we were like so hungry, full of desire and passion to kind of make it as pros. Um, that was a really good time and then to get in the first team at a young age and you know get 100 games or whatever there um, that was brilliant uh, but I I'd, I'd had a great time at Lancaster as well in the Conference North you know I had a season where I scored about 25 I couldn't really miss um, so yeah it, it could go on really with, <laughs> with the memories but <laughs> I think probably that time at Morecambe as well I'd broken into the international setup with the under 18s and 21s uh, so that gave me you know, real good confidence. And that was an amazing experience to be part of that as well. And then I think you came back to Guernsey just before Guernsey FC launched. I mean, so that must have been ideal for you really to be able to play. Okay, I know the level was was a, a number of levels below where, where you'd been, but still to play with big crowds and, you know, and to be part of a team that was really going somewhere at that point as well. Yeah, that was amazing. That was really unexpected. So when I came back, I, d- I didn't expect that. Um, so that the timing couldn't have been better for me because I was still getting the fix of, you know, decent level of football, big crowds uh, and part of a real good uh, club and, and team. So, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, to be fair, it's probably, you know, the most enjoyable moments was probably when for Guernsey FC, you know, on the whole, um, just because of that, that sort of uh, the atmosphere. 
Geordie was uh, saying to me over the weekend that you know, they, they were hoping perhaps to try and pull you into a little bit of a coaching role within the uh, the GFA setup. And uh, today they're advertising for, uh, for 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 coaches at senior and under twenty one level. Is that does that appeal to you at all? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I enjoyed coaching. Um, I did all my badges when I was away, um, so, and I I have got I, I coach from uh, about eighteen years old, seventeen, eighteen. So. At Morecambe, they used to have uh, the academy players coaching. And then when I went part-time playing semi-professionally, I um, I did a lot of coaching in the community, so for Morecambe and, and for other clubs. Um, so, yeah, that that will be a natural transition for me, I think, now. And um, I guess this year is a good opportunity to be playing and starting to think about that kind of stuff. So it's a good transition over. But I'm not asking you to advertise it or to apply for it at the moment. But honestly, being Marathi manager, does that is that something that one day might appeal to you? Do you think? <laughs> Put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you yeah, can pick yourself. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't pick, definitely wouldn't pick myself. But yeah, it would be. Um, obviously, I've got good um, mentors and coaches here in terms of you know Fell, Steve, and and Vancey, So. You know, if I was to ever go for something like that, if it was available, then I would speak to them first and kind of use their advice and, and guidance. But yeah, definitely. I mean, it'd be great um, to to take take that role and, and great to win. <laughs> well, well, I know, yeah, obviously, I mean, you haven't been in the Marathi setup for, 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 for a few years, but I mean, you, you must be as frustrated as anybody to see the, uh, the, the, the trend of the results at the moment, surely? Yeah, I was. Um, and you know, as I said, I was doing commentary um, for the last Marathi, so I was like trying not to kick things when I was uh, <laughs> when I was on there. Um, yeah, it has been frustrating. You know, got to give Jersey credit. You know, they've they've won the last few. So, but um, it's annoying. It is annoying to watch for sure. You know, I'm from Guernsey, um, family from Guernsey, grandparents from Guernsey. You know, I can imagine them not being too uh, too happy. Uh, looking down so yeah it's not nice to get people in yeah and on that coaching front I mean obviously the likes of uh, of Tony and Fal, you know they've given so much to to that side of, of the game in the last 10-15 sort of, years and longer um, but there has there hasn't been uh, sort of anyone emerging in recent years to kind of to, to fill those shoes I mean as someone with so much experience and, and uh, um, kind of locally and beyond do, do you feel like a bit of responsibility to take that on as well to uh, and are there others as well that you'd like to see kind of getting involved on, on the touchline? Yeah, I think, as you said, like, you know, they've put in unbelievable amounts of uh, time, effort and quality into Guernsey football and, you know, massive respect for um, all three of them. Um, but yeah, I think responsibility, I, I guess a bit, yeah, uh, to put something back because I, I, don't, I wouldn't want uh, to think that I've got all this experience and knowledge behind me I've been coached by amazing coaches at various levels in various countries um so I've been influenced in terms of in terms of that to not give anything back would be probably you know I do feel a responsibility to do that just um can I just take you to the Prio for a second obviously you played a couple of games this season what do you think of Prio football nowadays I mean you were playing in it 25 years ago uh how how is it different uh today than than what it was then yeah I made my debut, I was 15, I think, for Valrec um, in the Prio, back all the way back then. Um, it's different. Yeah, of course it's different With in terms of, uh, it's a very young league. So a lot of teams have got a lot of young players. 
there's not many senior players still around um fitness wise you know it's quite can be quite quick i suppose um quality isn't i think quality will pick up uh, eventually and then there's some good players still playing prio there's probably some players playing prio that could play you know Guernsey FC's league if um circumstances were were different you know if they put the uh commitment in and, and what have you but you understand everyone's got different personal circumstances um yeah it's probably not as good as what it was but then uh, I guess everyone's a bit biased in their era aren't they as well <laughs> so you know you could look back and think oh yeah the Prio was brilliant then but you know the, <laughs> was it you know there was there was obviously a, good teams and all the top players were playing in Prio but if you think about it, it tended to be that the best players were playing for one or two teams, wasn't it? So there was disparities there. Yeah. Teams getting thumped 6-0 and stuff. Um, so I, th- I think it will pay off because Guernsey FC players will come back into the Prio as well. Um, you can only pick 16 on a match day. Uh, so, And there's a lot of young, good young kids playing, I think, that are probably thinking, I'll get a year or two experience in the Prio and then maybe kick on. Um, but there's there's a lot of good young players playing pro. That's good to hear. I, I, I just want to take you back to to um, that experience you had in Brazil. Uh, oh God, I don't know how many years ago it was now. Probably what ten or something like that. Um, just just tell us about it because I mean that, that must must be one of the most extraordinary things that any Kenzie footballer would have experienced. Yeah, it was surreal. Really, um, I'd a, I'd a call out the blue from um, Globo TV in Brazil, which is similar to like Sky Sports over there. And they really like the the namesakes, you know, when you're named after someone famous in Brazil, uh, they're all over it. So I had a call to say that they were in the UK and that they wanted to come to Guernsey. So of course I thought it was like a prank call yeah. for one of my old teammates in England, whatever, but it wasn't. Uh, they came over, uh, filmed, and then uh, Zico invited me to go out there and play. So I spoke to his son quite a bit. Uh, junior his name is um and then it was all arranged um i think i was due to go out there the season before and then i broke my leg and then i came back and and got invited out there um but yeah it was an amazing experience to go and play in the maracana and in front of you know thousands and thousands of people and then score as well um yeah the buzz and the adrenaline was unbelievable obviously the, the football culture there is is so intense um did did yeah did you sort of bring any of that back back to guernsey with you in terms of like what you kind of learned and stuff um yeah well i learned how to handle i mean i guess playing football in front of crowds you learn to handle your nerve and and think you know in your, your brain is very nervous and you can get anxious um so you can either let that get to you or you can think right i'm gonna this is gonna be great and i'm gonna enjoy it and i'll be positive and um, so I had to wrap my head around it um, before stepping onto the pitch because it was loud. You know, it was the, the, they're not quiet, <laughs> the crowd yeah. there. And it was like um, a real occasion. Uh, so I had to settle my nerves quickly. And then I just enjoyed it, basically, and took it at how, how it came. Um, so I think that experience would is very useful um, to pass on in terms of like a one-off game, like, a, like you know, a Mario Cup final or whatever. Um, you can let the occasion get to you or you can enjoy it and and uh, rise to it. So I guess, you know, I rose to it there. Ryan Zico Black speaking to us there. Jim, what did you make of, of how he got on, on Saturday? 
Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, he did really well. Um, you know, I think played about seventy-five minutes, which was kind of what we do expect. But you know, again, wise old head giving uh, you know useful guidance to, to his teammates. I thought it was a you know a really sensible move to uh, to bring Zico into the into the mix for that game, and you know potentially as a step on the coaching ladder as well. Yeah, fantastic. And from what we've heard from him, it sounds like he's uh, pretty uh, intent on being heavily involved um, as the season goes on. So that is fantastic to see. Um, it was a pretty quiet weekend otherwise, wasn't it, as far as local football was concerned? No GFC game, nothing else on the domestic schedule. Uh, but we're back um, more or less to kind of uh, yeah, full steam ahead this weekend. GFC host Marlow. Um, uh, Marlow have won two of their three games so far. So I'm sure they'll be, um, uh, you know, they'll be providing a strong test for uh, the Greenlands. We'll see whether Zico is in that squad. Um, as far as the domestic football is concerned, Bells host Sylvans, Rangers welcome Alderney and the, uh, the pick of the weekend's game sees Rovers um, take on Velrec at Portsmouth. So that is going to be an interesting one. Um, further afield, uh, it's been a big week for Mayor Letizia, hasn't it? Back involved with the Lionesses squad. Um, she didn't get on the pitch in that win on Friday night against Scotland. Um, but yeah, great to see her back in the mix. And the WSL kicks off this weekend. Um, the game's on on Sunday um, with her Manchester United side going to Aston Villa um, in the 12.30 kickoff live on the BBC. So, um, yeah, Mayor, getting uh, getting the WSL season underway with United. Yeah, I've seen Mayor on TV as well this weekend because I believe the new FIFA is out. And uh, so my son rather excitedly told me that Mayor is uh, is listed among the among the players and apparently he packed her or something this weekend. So uh, uh, I, don't, I, I know that's something to do with FIFA points or whatever, but I don't know any more than that. But I guess that was a big moment. Yeah, that's awesome to see. Um, oh, well, and good news as well for Alex Scott, who's um, back training. Uh, I saw him putting out a few things on, on social media over the weekend that, that suggests his comeback uh, might be quite soon. Bournemouth's still struggling as well a little bit, though. I believe they still haven't won a game this season. And uh, that's, you know, uh, they're going to need Alex back sooner rather than later. And he's going to have a bit of a job trying to turn that around, I think. Well, yeah, potentially uh, potentially big impact needed there. So the one big item uh, left from the weekend, Tony, is... Uh, I'd like to talk to you about shin pads. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you wear them? I try not to, actually. Oh, yeah. controversial. Right, well, there we go. Uh, so I was on the line of the game on uh, on Saturday and there was a corner taken right in front of my nose in the second half. Uh, and there was a gaggle of supporters stood behind me, obviously checking my decisions. Um, uh, and they pointed out the guy who was taking the corner, uh, midfielder for the fleet air arm, uh, didn't have any shin pads on. And certainly, although he looked like he had some complicated wrappings uh, around his uh, around his shins, certainly no evidence of of, a, of any kind of bulky plastic item. So anyway, he takes the corner. The game carries on, and I, I kind of feel obliged to call it to the referee's attention, you know, just in case. There was certainly, as I say, no evidence that he had shin pads on. So uh, so I tell the referee, he goes to uh, speak to the player involved, who proudly reveals, yes, he has got shin pads on and uh, reveal, unveils a layer of sock and a layer of strapping uh, to give a shin pad that I reckon was about the size of my thumb. <laughs> Uh, and really, you know, I, I know that some players wear kind of you know children's uh, size shin pads, but I've never seen a shin pad this big. I really don't know what uh, or uh, how it could have helped uh, if uh, if the guy had got a kick on the shin. But uh, there, there we go. It certainly entertained the crowd and uh, made me chuckle <laughs> as, as well. So fair play to the guy for catching me out. Well, speaking of Alex Scott, I've definitely seen him um, uh, posting about uh, some sort of shin pad manufacturer that presumably he endorses. Um, yeah, the the the. the shin- Shin pads were sort of the size of a debit card. 
but yeah, I mean, there's debit card, but and this was this, you know, this was nothing like a, a debit card. But yeah, um, you know, I don't quite understand it myself. I mean, this is a kind of um, uh, a vanity trip, really, isn't it? And if I mean, well, Zico broke his leg uh, a few years ago, didn't he? I think any player who's been through that uh, is, is you know is going to think twice about uh, about you know this Grealish trend of uh, of, of shin pads. You know, I, I don't mind the socks down or whatever, but I still I, I personally believe your shin pads should be about the size of your hand at the very least. Well, do you remember as a kid, yeah, wearing the ones with the kind of, uh, yeah, the sort of strapping with the little... Um the little discs that around your ankle. Uh, yeah, it was like sort of climbing into a kind of like a, a leg brace rather than a shin pad. Whereas, yeah, I've definitely, they might have got smaller over the years to the point, I, I just don't go into tackles. So yeah, if you, yeah. Don't, if you don't tackle, you need them. So what you're telling me, Tony, is you're more style than substance. <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, well, I might get some bigger ones actually, uh, yeah, in, in, in time for the next Indies outing. Uh, right, okay, well, let's leave it there. Um, yeah, thanks again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, of course, for the, very latest and best local football coverage and um, pick up a paper six days a week um, we're of course on social media at gsy press sport is the place to go as well uh, and yeah we'll be back next monday with another Guernsey press football podcast so uh, yeah thanks for now thanks tony